had been away Haven't changed, had much to say But man, I still think them cats are crazy They were asking if you were around How you was, where you could be found Told them you were living downtown Driving all the old men crazy Hello again. We are back from a randomly minor hiatus of a month. It's been longer between recordings than normal. Episode 75 of The Feminine Critique. I am Emily. I am Christine. Uh, how have you been, Christine? How has your month of hiatus from podcasting been? It was a month. Um, it was hot. Right? How hot did it get by you? Like, was it the way our summer up here was like the hottest it's been in a really long time? Was it like that in Texas? No. Okay. The um, not there were there's been a lot of flooding. No, um, that's not fun. And stuff. No. So when the year before I moved here, it was the record like 114 days <laughs> and stuff. We didn't get we didn't get anywhere near that. Okay. To I to speak from no experience other than my four years here, it was mild. Okay, excellent. It was like, I think it got up, it got up past 100 a bunch, but like, I don't know, I didn't want to die as much as I usually do. Yeah, it's been a, it's pretty much been a burning hell here. Yeah, humidity. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Humid. oh, yeah. Uh, it was really nice when it was like 80, this like 80 in the 85s this week, because mm-hmm. um, most of it's been like 98 degrees, and so, Oof. and yeah. and then you get the great thing of walking outside, and it's 98 degrees, getting on a bus, and it's... 40 degrees, walking outside again, and it's 98 degrees, walking in my office, and all of a sudden, it's 48 degrees. See, my office, briefly, like, during, like, the really hot days, the air conditioning wasn't working well, and it was hell, and I'm somebody that, like, I'm a chubby girl. When I get hot, I get miserable, so... I was getting miserable, and then finally the office was fixed, and now it's freezing, but I'm so afraid of it going back that I'm not saying anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I could deal with the cold. It will make me shiver, but I could deal with it. I can't deal with the heat. So, fuck summer. It's freezing in our office. I wear wear a sweater. Like, people are like, oh, Christine, you're so smart. You just wear a sweater. And they're, like, (laughs) wearing it, like wrap a blanket around themselves i'm like this this is not the first day i came here it's <laughs> it's, it's first time in the rodeo cold. you know it's yeah. been cold in this office what are you thinking it, it happens to be i'll walk into like a conference room and everybody sits there shivering and i'm there with my you know heavy cardigan on and somebody's like oh i should bring a sweater i'm like yeah you should we know this it's been like this for two months <laughs> learn something now it'll let you know now it won't let up it's gonna be cold it, it indeed <laughs> But so, uh, well, that's the weather. That that was report. the weather report from Emily and Christine, <laughs> two sides of the country, giving it to you the way uh, the way we see it. You know. Uh, aside from weather and misery, uh, you've been watching movies here and there. Okay. Well, would you like to talk no, about no, any of them? No, oh, before no. we do that, normally we always were so oh, organized. I mean, I, I, I'm falling out of the loop, see? We've, we got a month without recording, and I forgot how it works, see? Uh, what are we talking about today? So, the movies that we're covering today, Christine. Yes. What are they? The Poker House, mm-hmm. written and directed by Lori Petty, mm-hmm. and Tank Girl. 
Starring Lori Petty. That's right. It is a Lori Petty party, if you will. Yep. It's a petty party. It's a, pe- it's a very petty party. <laughs> uh, and these films have something else in common, aside from Lori Petty. You what? know what it is? Wait, do I? I, I don't, don't think I do. I mean, they're both movies. They're both... I watched um, them. Yeah, they are both available on DVD. Uh, they are both directed by women. Yes, I did. Uh, yep, that's true. Yep. yep. So You did uh, it. An interesting, uh, nice... Uh, didn't re- didn't think of that when I picked them, but I I like that. Uh, Good job. You. Yeah, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty great sometimes. Let's just face that. Uh, so those are the movies we're going to talk to you about. Talk to you. We are going to call the movies up on Skype and have a conversation them with them. Uh, before we talk about those movies, uh, Christine, what other movies have you been watching? Well, um, not as many as you would think in the last month. Right. But enough that I am going to go fast through them. Okay. <laughs> the first one is actually something that you recommended. <gasps> oh boy. I know, right? Oh boy. oh boy, what is it? What is it? What is it? Let us pray. <gasps> what did you think? I liked it. It was yeah. all right. Yeah, I mean, again, not the greatest thing you've ever seen, but don't you love Pollyanna McIntosh? Oh, for sure. She was for sure the high point. Yeah. And, like, I was fine with it. I didn't regret watching it or anything. I don't remember every beat of it. Okay. Like, if you asked me to really go over the plot, I'd be like, well, I'm not really sure I oh, could well, do that Here goes you. my big plan segment for the yeah. show this week. Oops. Um, <laughs> Put that but pop I, quiz away. I mean, I remember it enough to know what the... T- but to say the title and know what movie it was. That's okay. It is a pretty generic title. I actually really didn't like the title. Yeah, it, it, I'm surprised I remembered what mm-hmm. it was. Um, I went to the theater, <gasps> and I saw Nerve. Nerve. What is it's, it's like the 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 movie with um Emma Roberts and Dave Franco and it's like Oh, uh, it's the Thirteen Sins remake, maybe. It looks exactly like there was a Thai film called mm-hmm. I think Thirteen Game of Death, and then there was a US remake that was really good called Thirteen Sins. Okay. Uh, I think it's still on Netflix if I'm not sure if it is, but it's really good. And then Nerve looked essentially like the same movie, but like aimed at a younger audience. And when oh, I, I saw the when I saw I the shallows, I think they showed the trailer for this movie, mm-hmm. and it seemed like it was one of the funniest trailers I've ever sat through, because it started out as a like young Emma Roberts is like a teenager, oh my god, and then it turned into like this, oh my god, there's a, there's a game, she's gonna win money, and it turned into a thriller in the two minute preview. But then I it also was felt amazing like the entire movie, really. Yeah, I think that we're at a time where if you do not, if your movie does not embrace technology, then you're really missing a very. Oh, the only way you can get around it is to set your movie in another time period. In in like if I don't know, maybe I'm a stunted child. I enjoyed these high schoolish, a little bit older kids. Doing stuff with phones and running around New York. <laughs> did you learn like, anything? Like, did you learn any, like, acronyms or anything that uh, only the kids know? No, like, when was, I watched Unfriended, I had to look up some of the things in there because I didn't know what they were. Adorable. I'm, I'm pretty, you know what? I'm pretty dialed in, so. Good, good. You are, uh, you are in Austin. You are pretty, you know, I mean. Pretty hip. You kind of can't live there if you're not hip, if you know what I mean. That's not true. There's funny hip people here. Know. Um, I really liked it though. I don't know if it if it ever ends up streaming. I th- I think you would like it too. Okay, yeah, it seems like one that I would watch that way. It's in the vein of Unfriended or of okay. um, hashtag horror. It's the 
it, 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 it's it's interesting. Okay. And Juliette Lewis is the mom. <gasps> oh, I didn't know that. Oh my God, we're at an age where Juliette Lewis is playing the mom. Juliette Lewis is the mom. Holy shit. I thought I thought it was fun though. I liked it. Cool. Two thumbs up. Um, I went to the theater again and saw Suicide Squad. I'm really. I mean, I have no investment in in that. I'm not going to see it probably ever. Uh, but mm-hmm. I'm very curious because I know you do have an investment in it. Oh, I just I liked it a lot. Okay. I loved it. I don't understand why people didn't like it. Um, it's 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 weird what people will be okay with and when they'll be okay with it. Very true. Like it, that people are like it. It didn't something about a plot, and I was like, well, I didn't really think Civil War's plot was all that compelling. Oh well, there's too many songs in it. Well, there's a movie down my list a little bit further that literally had thirty songs in it just for no reason, <laughs> just pop songs laid into it. So some people get like antsy about weird stuff. Like I thought it was great. We saw it um, in 3D on opening night, so I still can use my movie pass to see it again in Ooh. 2D because I had to pay real money. Okay. Um, so I will see it again. All right. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. The way I heard it described, um, uh, one review was like it was said essentially it's the first hour is just they're constantly introducing characters for the first hour. There are too many intros, but. I don't care because they're all really cool and they look good and they are fun and it's moving fast and I'm like, yeah, okay. Let's do it again. I do have short attention span sometimes. <laughs> I forgot I really, that character's name. Oh, good. We're doing this again. Excellent. I lo- but it was... it was. I, it, I can acknowledge that they certainly rolled out every character. I would say at least twice. <laughs> like, they did a big reveal on each character twice. Did they do the they thing w- where they, like, freeze the screen and have the character come up with their name? I think maybe. Of course they did. It was fun, though, and it was cool, and the songs were fun, and it looked good and it was exciting and effectively the movie is a black dude and a broad yeah like okay yeah, that's and, cool and there's a theory out there that people didn't like that oh. and that might be why they weren't so um keen on it yeah and kind to it if you will yeah but and people are, are really they're looking to take shots at the dc movies true I, and i mean I, granted in fairness DC kind of deserves it often. That that Superman movie was absolute trash. Yes. And that, I haven't seen Batman versus Batman Superman because I like myself. Not as bad as you would think. Yeah. Not as bad as you make it out to be. Can we just jump ahead in my list and talk about the worst movie I've seen this year? Of course we can. It's called War Dogs. And it's the worst movie I've oh, seen this year. This is the Jonah Hill one, right? Yeah. I saw the trailer and I said to myself, uh... That either has to be fantastic or else it's going to be offensive and really bad. Because it looked like the kind of... I mean, my understanding of it from the trailer is that it's kind of black comedy. It's supposed to be very kind of political and such. But it's about, like, arms movers. And, and it just seemed the kind of thing that you could really fuck that up. Um. Yes. And it was directed by the... The um the dude that did those Hangover movies, I think. Okay, which I've, I've never, never seen, seen the Hangover. I've movies. never seen those movies. Yeah. Um, I it, it like it was supposed to take place in the early two thousands. I guess I think it was like two thousand five. I could completely be fucking that up. So whatever. But the point is, they played music from every decade but that decade. Oh, constantly there was constantly music, constant music. Also. 
I don't know if they thought I was stupid or if it tested bad with audiences. I do not need things repeated to that degree mm-hmm. that many times. It was it was just not for me. So there you go. Some people have really said, like, oh, War Dogs is so good. I know I saw one or two people that said, like, oh, my favorite movie of the year. But I don't remember who they were or if I believe them. That would be shocking. P- opinions are weird. <laughs> it's like everybody has one. And it's, it's so not always the same as mine. Because mine seems just so valid. And then I know. other people's are different. <laughs> You're looking at somebody that, like, has had to really work hard to defend hashtag horror. I know. I get it. I know. I know. I forgot who I was talking to. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. Moving on. Um, Zach had never seen Sleepy Hollow, like the Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow. That's kind of the... I really like Sleepy Hollow. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to say. It did not age well, in my opinion, and seeing it with somebody that didn't have any type of who has no patience left for Tim Burton, who has yeah. no patience left for Johnny Depp. Because I saw it in the theater. And Me too. I was like, yeah, and, and in the theater, I was like, yeah, okay, this is a movie. But watching it now with somebody that was kind of being less than kind to it, I was like, Yeah, I feel like with that, to me, that is kind of, and I, I could be wrong about this because I don't have to really look at the filmography, but I feel like that's the last Tim Burton movie before I started to, or everybody kind of started to realize he's doing the same thing over and over. Oh, it was the last one I got excited for. Yeah, and part of it's like Johnny Depp, I think Johnny Depp is actually different, he's not doing the Tim Burton, my problem with him and, I mean, him and Tim Burton don't bring anything new out in each other anymore. Uh, I think Sleepy Hollow, like, I remember really liking, like, Johnny Depp has a very particular character he's going for, and it's not, it's kind of interesting that he's this very wimpy leading man. Mm-hmm. And the visuals looked great. Granted, now you look at them and you're like, oh yeah, they look like every Tim Burton movie. Uh, mm-hmm. If memory serves, Christina Ricci is really poorly miscast. Yeah, he's, he didn't do her any favors. Yeah, uh, uh, but the, I liked the twist. I remember really like, I mean, with the I Christopher remember, Walken flashback, I still remember being yeah. really excited about in the theater. I liked the twist too, but then we point. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to spoil Sleepy Hollow, but the t- so the twist. The, there's there's the spoiler interesting- alert. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, the movie that came out 15 years ago. So the real bad guy in that movie is the lady, it's Miranda Richardson. Yeah. Yes, the lady or the lady. the lady, as I like to call her. So I was thinking, oh, how much more fun would it have been if the movie was more about that? Right. I thought I think that would be fun because yeah. I I liked the idea of there being because there's the two sisters mm-hmm. and everybody's scared of one and she's actually trying to help and she gets I don't know there's something appealing about that side story that I wish had been a little I bit more. I could see that. Story. I would like the film told from her point of view. Hmm. Um, have you ever seen Messiah of Evil? No, it's on Amazon Prime, isn't it? I'm not sure. I watched um, a DVD of it. Oh, what? I know. You? Um, it was with a group of people. Oh, okay. That's why. I How didn't is it? I believe it is streaming on Amazon Prime. You would love it. Well, then I will watch it. You should watch it. Excellent. If it's streaming, it's my recommend. If wow. not, I have a different <laughs> Okay, if it's, stre- <laughs> if it's streaming, I'll watch it. If not, I'll write it down and forget about it. It, it was really, really good. Nice. Because like, it's supposed to be, we, we you know, get together and watch a movie that's yep. like... Your bad movie be, night, quote-unquote. Could unquote. be questionable. Mm-hmm. But it was, I found a lot of enjoyment, and it was fucking bizarre, but... Cool. Yeah, so that's a high recommend from me on that. 
um, watched Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. Okay. I liked it. Okay. It was all right. Yeah. I wish I had seen it in the theater. I wanted to support it, Mm. but but I didn't. It came and went very, very fast. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did not do well. But it was okay. I I don't think it was bad. I I guess I am a bit tired of zombie stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Segwaying into the fact that I rewatched Land of the Dead. <laughs> How did that hold up for you? Look, I love that fucking movie. I am a big defender of that film. I could talk about that movie for hours, and I did while I was watching it. <laughs> I paused it every five seconds to be like, and the thing about this movie is... <laughs> it's I funny, because like, Brandon hasn't seen it. And I keep kind of every time I remember that I'm like we should watch it. And he's like I don't know. I don't think I don't think I'm gonna like it. I'm like, no. It's it's actually good. It's I mean the quality is it's probably Romero's highest quality. Uh, if you were to objectively say, just because it's the biggest budget that he got to really work with, you don't need to put all these caveats in there. You're I know. Right. I'm just trying. You're right I, about this. I, I am right. <laughs> No, you are. And, and it's look. very, and it's a shame because I feel like you watch it now and you're just, and it, it, it feels a little bit um, like it was done before, but it was ahead of its time with the whole economics of it. The whole 1%. Yes, that was, this movie was made in 2004. I, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's doing stuff that other things weren't doing it's mm-hmm. saying stuff that no one had said yet it is i i am not a huge fan of dawn and i really don't like day they're not yeah, movies I, I, that i enjoy dawn is my favorite movie of all time i know uh, it is. day is not i actually no. really don't like day and I've, re- I've read your musings yes, yes i have many <laughs> thoughts and i and we, I, survival of the dead i don't like to talk about because it makes no. me get very angry let's not talk about that ever again um but i can recognize that Look, I get emotional during this movie. I really like Big Daddy. I have connections with the zombies. Mm-hmm. I feel like that whole thing is really interestingly done. I think it sw- switches. It does, in my opinion, it does an I Am Legend kind of thing. Like, who is the mm-hmm. other now? Yeah. Who yeah. is... So now, right. the Whose zombies... is this now? Yeah. Exactly. The zombies are just trying to do their fucking thing. Yeah. Like, leave them alone. Why we gotta I be shooting of, them and shit? I feel a lot of empathy for them. And I, I don't know if that was... It, I guess it was... Oh, I think that's very intended. So, it, it worked. And it worked on me, and I get really defensive of that movie. Yeah. And I watched it, and I liked it. Yeah. That's my story. <laughs> oh, I, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, I was in a hotel, and I was by myself, so I watched The Giver. <laughs> that seems like a good hotel movie. What'd you think? Yeah. I mean, it was a movie. Now, had you read the book? I never read the book. I, I did not read okay. the book. Okay, I feel like it's a very, like... I mean, I don't know if it was our generation or maybe a few years older than us. Like, that was their Hunger Games or that was their yeah, fill in sure. the blank of whatever it was for us because I don't even know. But it was it was a really interesting idea. And okay. I think that it would have probably read a little bit more compelling than it, than it watched. Interesting. Um, Taylor Swift is in it. <laughs> okay. If that sways you at all. Well, obviously. But, you know me and my T-Swift collection of... I think it's streaming. I would have never, like, sought it out. It was just delivered to my face, well, so I watched it. Um, I rewatched Edge of Tomorrow because that movie is I still is haven't watched that. Are you... What? No, I... Yeah, no, I still haven't seen it. That's the Tom Cruise one, right? Yes. I know, I heard really good things. I just haven't gotten around to it. I'm sorry. It's, Oh my gosh, it's so good. I'm sorry. 
it's okay. I forgive you. Or do I? Um, it's great. Um, I went to the theater again and saw Sausage Party. Correction, that's the worst movie I've seen Oh, this year. burn. I hated it. Really? Yeah, and I really, really, really wanted to like it. Mm-hmm. And I, it was on, I think, here's the thing. If you like this movie, that's great. Good for you. We're different people. <laughs> you you will know in the first, not exaggerating, five minutes yeah. if you're going to like this or not. And in the first five minutes, Zach and I looked at each other and went, oh, no. <laughs> How long is this? It's good thing it's only like 90 minutes, mm-hmm. but. Just the humor was not on your plane. It wasn't. Um, didn't it wasn't? I was really hopeful. I I didn't go in like thinking, I hate Seth Rogen. I'm gonna hate right. this. I was like, oh, I'm going to like this. Mm-hmm. Nope, 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 oh, nope. Well, I'm sorry for you. It's okay. You didn't do it. No, I know, so, but nobody. I, I'm sorry that you experienced 90 minutes of, of it pain. It was Seth Rogen's fault. Well, yeah, blame no. Canada, as they say. Yeah, and I will. Um, we watched the other side of the door. Did you see this? No. Why do I know that title? It's very new. It was, I think it came out this year, and it had what's her face from The Walking Dead in it. Michonne, Lori, no. Lori Andrea, Lori, 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 Lori. The other side of the door. It's like about a lady that wants to see her dead kid, and she lives in Indonesia. I don't know where she lives. Yeah. I forgot. She doesn't live in America, and so they do that, like, other religions are scary. Other people (laughs) leave weird stuff. Look at these But there's one kindly native who will explain it to you and be nice. Who shows shows her how to talk to her And that person will probably die. Uh, Emily, did you see this movie? (laughs) I've I've Uh, seen many of those movies. (laughs) So it's it's formulaic in the worst possible way, because it's it's, it's just so boring. Um, but I was curious about it mm-hmm. because I, I I've gotten surprised. Did I tell? Did we talk about last time how I saw Lights Out and didn't like it and yes. thought I would? Yes. Yeah, it's kind of it's really and but like I saw the boy and loved it and thought I would hate it. Right. So you never know. I really can't tell anymore. Yeah. Other than looking at like maybe who's the talent behind it right. can give you a better gauge, but like just sight unseen here's a trailer i don't know what i'm gonna like with horror anymore and especially just and i i say this every time i watch a trailer and somebody says oh that looks stupid or oh that looks anything it's the the people cutting the trailer are not the filmmakers Mm -hmm. and they're i mean the lights out trailer was amazing Yep. Uh, the I was talking about this the other day. Do you remember that movie came out? Oh God, a couple of years ago. It was a typical like horror movie with the lead posing in her underwear. It was the Unborn, I think. Yes. Yeah. The trailer for that movie was so good, and I remember seeing the trailer, and the whole you could feel the whole audience being like, "Ooh, ah, ooh, ah," and then it said from producer Michael Bay, and you heard half the audience go, "Ugh." But I remember thinking, man, that fucking trailer, that could be yeah. really good. Then I watched the movie, and it's not. It's also directed by David, David Goyer, which might explain that. But yeah, I think being, that's why we've avoided it. Yeah, I mean, you can make a great trailer out of a terrible movie. You can make a terrible movie, a terrible trailer out of a good movie. Out Look of a the good Ghostbusters movie, yep. trailer, for example. Wasn't you know. good. Um, so I thought, like, I'd give it a whirl. It could have been, who knows? Sure. It could have been good. It wasn't good. Did that come out in the theater, do you know? Yeah, I did. Okay. It was very short-lived for that one as like well. A February just February release or something. Just missed that one too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, this is streaming, and I don't know the actual name of it, but it's the Drew Drew Struzan documentary, the, the movie poster dude, the art guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was good. It was good. If you're into that, I like movie posters. And I, movie do, poster I do. Art. Yeah. Yeah. So you might like it. I spent the whole time waiting for them to talk about how Thomas Jane's character is him in the mist. I spent <laughs> literally sat through this whole fucking documentary, <laughs> waiting for that moment. I'm like, the, Thomas Jane's in this. He's in it. Look at him. He's gonna have. They're gonna talk There's about it. About it. A, I, I fist pumped when it happened. Yeah, yeah, I was so excited. And he's like, I effectively played him in the mist. And I was like, Yes, you did. <laughs> Everyone acknowledge that and how weird it is. Um, <laughs> I rewatched Dreamcatcher. I've never seen Dreamcatcher. I have a weird affection for it, and Zach had, had never seen it all the way through, or he hadn't seen it all the way through since like the theater. Okay. And he's like, "Why do you like it?" And I was like, "I can't explain." That question that. gets posed to you a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, I can't. It's not a good movie. I don't like it. It's got a lot of Stephen King isms in it, mm-hmm. but like in like the not great ones. Yeah, yeah. There's good. There's good and bad. Believe me, I like know. weird nicknames and mm-hmm. and strange swearing and like, I, yeah. There's yeah, the Morgan Freeman subplot. But <laughs> um, if you ever if you ever feel it watch it and let me know because I'd be curious I, I will stand by the fact that maybe even the first half I really like and then it goes off on a tangent um, I have two more and one of them if you haven't watched it you should it is um, the Tanya Harding 30 for 30 I oh, excuse me have you I'd already like to introduce it? myself my name is Emily hello Emily hi so have you, you know that you're you, talking to like the biggest Tanya Harding fan from Long Island ever? So did you had you already watched it? <laughs> I had, but oddly enough, funny story because they aired this one and then NBC did like because they were doing like an interview with Nancy Kerrigan, so they had like an hour long special. Um, yeah. so I recorded this when it aired, but the ESPN DVR did a bad job lining up, so I actually missed like the last five minutes. But I mean, I know what happens. Yeah, I I spent the majority of it feeling really empathetic for her oh god yeah. and then and then towards the end she stopped doing herself favors and i was like <laughs> well, that, and that's the thing about tanya harding is i mean i'm a huge figure skating fan like i'm like actively a figure skater fan i know stuff um and i've always loved the underdog figure skaters mm-hmm. the surya bonalese and the tanya hardings and you watch it and it's you have to feel for her because you see how the odds were so stacked against her. Mm-hmm. Figure skating is an elite sport for rich people. Yep. It is not a sport because you have to pay it, it involves so much cost and it involves so much of your time. You need to be doing it full time to be any good at it. And Tanya Harding who could have been one of the best uh female figure skaters who could not over come some things to do that but but it is frustrating when you see when they talk about the outfits and how yeah uh, you know, oh i got would, yeah it would judge her basically saying mad. i can't believe you wore that that crappy costume i'm gonna take yeah. that off next time yep yeah because figure skating is such an enigma because it is like like gymnastics it is this sport that requires a in such intense skill and training and anybody that says it's not a sport fuck you because i dare you to try it i can't uh, do that 
but yet it has it is judged in a way that is so odd and hard to justify for a sport um mm-hmm. and i mean that 30 for 30 is really good because they do go pretty deep uh and i yeah i would also heartily endorse it yeah i am um, i did enjoy it it was it was it made me mad oh mm-hmm. yep um i had no i figured you had seen it of course um of course I, and then I the like, last I'm telling you, I was obsessed with Tanya Harding when I was, I guess I was 12, I think, when that all like, went down. Like, I actively recorded everything. I I used to get the Inquirer, because every week there'd be a story about her. Oh, man, mm-hmm. I was I was quite the fan, you might say. I would have never guessed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a lie. Of course you were. You should, in my, uh, my childhood bedroom, there's still, like, pictures of Tanya Harding that I ripped out of magazines on the wall. That's really I funny. Was a well, kid. I, mean, I I get it. No, I get the appeal. Mm-hmm. But like I said, towards the end, I was kind of like, uh, yeah. "Tanya, Tanya, your get your stop, shit together. Stop talking." Mm-hmm. Um, last movie. Can't recommend it enough. I know you won't see it in the theater <laughs> unless you surprise me, and you yeah, did. Probably not. Um, but don't breathe. Oh, as far as not being able to tell, I thought it was just outstanding good i um, thought i saw the trailer and i'm like that that looks good looks a little bit like the people under the stairs but it's not so okay i like the concept yeah i liked it a lot um it seemed like all of us like when like at, right after it opened people were like yeah it was great and now i'm starting to hear there's like, backlash now yeah i've seen stupid. i hated it yeah i have seen what i have seen either it's a it's a gem it's a you know really strong outing it's really scary and then the only other reaction I've seen is it's stupid and it pissed me off. Yeah, I I thought it was great. Uh, yeah. I don't think I'll I'll get to it in a theater, but I'm definitely as soon as it hits home yeah, you market, should... I'll definitely watch it. I think that you would like it, but you might surprise me. Okay, I I am unpredictable sometimes. You are. Yeah. Sometimes. Neat. That's right. it. That's everything? That was a lot. Yeah. Okay. Mine is not a lot for a couple of reasons. One, I was very busy this month. Uh, two, the motherfucking Olympics. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. I'm I'm an Olympic whore. I basically, for two weeks, I just did nothing but watch the Olympics. I recorded all of the primetime, and then I would stream some of, like, the other sports uh, during the day, so, like badminton and fencing and stuff. Um yeah, so I just watched a lot of Olympics. Uh, also, t- on the TV front, uh, we finished Stranger Things. Oh, did you end up enjoying it? I did. Like I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I actually was kind of almost weirdly disappointed when I found out they were coming back for season two. Yeah. Because to me, I'm like, no, that's good. Like, you can end it there. That's fine. I got everything I need. Like, it left me wanting more, but not... I don't know. I'm worried... That two isn't going to be as good, and and this is something that Jason said, and I totally agreed. I'm like the kids are going to be in that really awkward state, and I'm worried like one of them is going to hit puberty before the other ones. It's just going to be weird. Well, right? I had seen I had seen something, and I don't know how true it is, but I had seen something um, that said that, that it was just going to be in the same universe, not necessarily with the same people. Okay. See, what I would be um, cool with is if they did an American horror story thing, but actually did it good where they took yeah. the same cast and just put them in a different thing. Yeah. That's what I would like to see, but you know, I don't make the rules. I don't. No. Nope. No, you should. I would like to, but you don't. 
Uh, also on the TV front, I finished season one of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I have heard more people you saying really good stuff. It. You need to give it I an know. episode. Just give it the first episode, damn it. If the Sexy Getting Ready song doesn't make you smile, then you have no heart. Well, that's true. Okay, there are, later there's a song called I Gave You a UTI, and it's fantastic. That's funny. Um, my favorite song probably is the song called Heavy Boobs. Mm-hmm. It's all about what it's like to have heavy boobs. Um, and it's even aside, putting aside the songs, because I'm a musical fan, I know you're not, it's a nope. really good show. It's really funny. It does really interesting things with uh, with depression and with bisexuality. And there's so much going on, and it's all great. So... I, I have heard I have heard good things from other people now. Okay. So I know, Even I know. People other than me. I see what it takes to get you. No, no, I'm just saying mm-hmm. I've if heard it come up. Okay. Well I, I heartily endorse you and anybody else to give it your Thank time. you. Okay. Um, so movie wise, it's it's kind of good that we recorded now and not like a week ago. Because if we recorded a week ago I would have two movies and they would be very like an odd mix. So, um, the like for a while the only movie I'd watched all month was on Amazon Prime. It was a TV movie from 1980 something starring Valerie Harper and Elliot Gould, and it was mm-hmm. called Stolen One Husband. And it's about Elliot Gould leaves Valerie Harper for a younger woman, and Valerie Harper and Brenda Vaccaro try to get him back and then try to ruin his life. This was so bad and awful, and very like did not age well because it's just really really not female friendly Mm -hmm. um but of course i watched the whole thing because once i started i really couldn't stop uh and then so i followed that the next movie i watched um was a natural companion piece was lynn ramsey's rat catcher so oh boy so that release this is a that's all you were that's all you were doing this for a while that's all i had was the olympics (laughs) Um, this terrible TV movie with Elliot Gould and uh, this like brilliant, depressing Criterion release from Lynn Ramsey. Uh, so Ratcatcher, Lynn Ramsey is the woman who directed We Need to Talk About Kevin. Mm. Ratcatcher is equally uplifting. Yep. This is a movie set in the early 1980s Scotland slums and just about a kid and all the poverty and violence around him and stuff and i tell you i have christine i have gotten so soft watching this really yeah let me tell you i'm watching this movie and like i know it's depressing like i know it's going to be about like sadness and everything but like an Mm -hmm. hour into movie there's a scene where there's like one little boy who's like kind of not all there and he has a pet mouse or a pet like guinea pig or something and the bullies come over and they start like teasing him about it and do you want to you know what I did? Do you want to know what I fucking did? Uh, what did you do? I paused the movie and I pulled up the synopsis on Wikipedia to make sure that cute little mouse didn't die. That's very cute. Yeah, I couldn't take it. I'm like, I don't care if I, everything is spoiled for me. I, I need to know. Were you, it is a weekday. Were you able to quickly find that information? I was, actually. I just kind of scanned oh, through and I saw it. I'm like, okay, all right, we're good. It it. it it's a fantasy thing. It probably dies, but I don't see it die, and I can pretend that it gets, goes on its merry way. So, but I, I'm telling you, like, I felt really soft at that point. I could not handle Who watching this movie. This cute little mouse died. I couldn't take it. <sighs> I don't know myself anymore. Uh, yeah. It's very good, but I never want to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, unless, like, when you talk about Kevin, like, I'll go back to that one. But this one, like, I still want to rewatch that. It's on Amazon Prime. I know. Uh, that was the last movie we ever saw together. Oh, yeah. It's so, so romantic of us that that was our last movie. I know. It was very cute. We're adorable. Right? All right. So the other movies, I did manage to squeeze a few more in. Uh, one of them was on HBO Go. Uh, mm-hmm. I put this movie on because I saw the. it had a decent enough synopsis and I was in the mood for kind of just a light horror movie. And HBO Go called it No Man's Land. And then I start watching it. I'm like, this is like kind of familiar. Have I seen this before? And I realized, no, it's a sequel to a movie I'd seen before. Uh, it was a, it is a sequel to the movie Reeker. Did you ever see Reeker? It was a direct no, but that name sounds familiar. Like 2008, I think thereabouts. Um, I and I remember I watched Reeker, but I I remember the ending because it was a big twist ending. Uh, that was good at the time, but kind of has become the twist ending of most of these movies now. Yeah. Uh, but I remember Reeker being like better than your what you might pull off a DVD shelf, and Reeker Two is similar. It's um, uh, it's okay, I guess is where I'm going with that. It's mm-hmm. has problems. It's not great. The CGI is really bad. The tone is it's hard to understand what kind of tone they're going for and what kind of tone they get. Um, yeah, but it has a, like the opening scene has a brilliant twist. That's the kind of thing that you're like, oh, okay, you got me. And then they kind of lost me, but it's fine. Um, so it's okay. And then because I'm me, I ended up watching without meaning to watch two Lifetime movies. Uh, one being <laughs> how called, did that happen? I know, honey, uh, the Good Mistress. Okay, this was about a woman who has a one night stand and she's really excited about it, but then she finds out that it's actually like her friend and co-worker's husband. Uh-huh. Um, so she's going crazy thinking he's trying to kill her. Uh, it was very typical Lifetime. Uh, mm-hmm. Unlike the next one, that was amazing Lifetime. That I that was I think was actually produced by the Asylum somehow, and that is. Breakup nightmare. What? Christine, for you, what would what would a breakup nightmare be for you? Um, being murdered. Being murdered. That's a good one. Not After being broken up with and then murdered. Oh, and then murdered. What if you were the one breaking up? Does it get us being murdered, murdered after? Okay, yeah. Um, so in this I case, think all murder based. All right. This is is a little different. This, I mean, Lifetime movies generally. Uh, they're taking like something that you 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 sh- like you should kind of be afraid of like oh if this happened to you it'd be really bad you know mm-hmm. like um, finding out that you were sleeping with a married man or finding out that um, you know your doctor is actually a stalker like all these things mm-hmm. and like finding out you should be afraid of your doctor in other words um, in this case it's all about the dangers of sexting. So oh, no. this girl who's like nineteen breaks what up with her boyfriend, nightmare. but she had sent he had, he had taken pictures of her nude, and she breaks up with him, and then like the next day she finds out that her those pictures are on a revenge porn site, and that's what they keep calling it. Revenge Whoa. Porn. And so like guys are coming to the diner where she works and like sexually harassing her and stuff. And, you know, her and her mother are trying to fight this, and there's a, a lawyer that comes in to save the day and then gets hit by a car. Uh, this is great because everything, it, it's, like, clearly they're, they were really into making it a big deal, but they were filming it in a week. It's like there's a scene yeah. in a church, and the church is about as big as my apartment, like, kitchen. Uh, it's beautiful. And the best thing is that 
at a certain point, I'm like, you know, I think there's a twist to this. And I'm like, I called something. I'm like, I bet it's this character that did it. And I felt so proud of myself that it was and that I was right. Oh, look at you. But then I thought to myself, Emily, you, you figured out the twist ending of a Lifetime movie produced by The Asylum. You should aim higher. Not necessarily the, the biggest accomplishment of my life. I shouldn't well, be that proud to have unlocked the twist ending in a Lifetime movie where you're trying to figure out which character did something bad to a girl and there's only three characters in the whole movie. But anyway, breakup nightmare. Give it a try. Uh, uh, two more. I don't know if you sold me on that. Oh, I, but okay. oh, I gotta try harder then. Okay, let me go back to it. So, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, all right, so Brandon and I have been watching Star Trek Next Generation, kind of, not like all, every episode, but kind of jumping through, jumping around to the ones that are of note. So we finished mm-hmm. that, uh, and therefore now we're moving on to the movies. And so the first movie up is Star Trek Generations. Mm-hmm. Now, have you seen this? Because I know you've seen, I can't remember your Star Trek uh, history. Was I don't think I've really ever seen any of the movies. Really? It's pretty much just been like the the, J. J. the, 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 the shows. Yeah, the, okay. I've seen the J.J. Abrams. Interesting. Ones. I I mean, for, with the first six, which are all the old crew, um, mm-hmm. I follow the rules kind of that everybody does. Where the, I think the even ones are good and the odd ones are range from being okay to being terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and part six is my favorite of the first run. So for this one, Generations is now the first film with. Patrick Stewart's crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is also the film that where Captain Kirk meets Captain Picard. And therein lies the problem to this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm watching this and I'm like, I'm into it. And the movie ends and I look around and I'm like, you know, there was, there was some parts of a good movie in there, but man, that was a structural mess. Uh, and it is because the... It clearly was very, and I don't know where the decisions all came, um, but clearly a big part of it was, okay, we we have Shatner, and we want to have a big changing of the guard, and we want to make sure it's a big goodbye to Shatner, mm-hmm. which is really, part six did that. You didn't need to do it again. And so you start the movie being about the next generation crew and there's Beverly Crusher and there's data and there's Jordy and everybody. And then, and I'm into it. It's working for me. And then about 45 minutes into it, it turns into a completely different movie. Hmm. Uh, Cause now Shatner's there. Yeah. And there's good ideas in it, but even like there's this great idea about how, you know, they're kind of trapped in this like fantasy realm, but it, it doesn't go... They don't do anything with it. They present it and then just move past it. Mm-hmm. The movie stops as soon as Shatner comes in because it just, again, becomes his movie. Uh, Malcolm McDowell is the villain in this movie, which we'll talk about, obviously, because he's the villain of one of our movies today. Uh, and how great is it to have Malcolm McDowell as the villain in your movie? Pretty fucking great, right? Yeah. And yet, like, they don't use him. They don't do the right... They don't give him an arc... They give him the starting of a character, and then he comes back later to try to kill everyone. And there was meat there that could have been developed. The climax of this movie involves three men over the age of 60 fist fighting. You You single-handedly just sold me on this. I figured that much. 
So it, and oh man, it like it it actively made me angry, and the more I thought of it, the angrier I got because it just felt like there was just no reason to mix old and new, and you yeah. could have done it and done it right, but they did it completely wrong, and it just felt like such a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it wasn't it was entertaining. I was never bored, but it was more like when you watch something, there's there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of ways a movie cannot be good. All right? Yeah. Yeah. And this is a case where you're watching it and you just keep thinking, why are they making that decision? Why is the script doing that? Because you're just constantly seeing how it could have been written better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That was that. And then the last movie I watched is not a movie I'm unfamiliar with. Uh, I don't think I've ever made you watch it, although I've made a lot of oh, other people fun. watch it. And that was a Nutcracker 3D. Yes, you have. I did make you watch it. I couldn't remember. Oh my gosh! We yes, it. It was, that's right. It, of course, I, think I mean. it was. Wasn't it Jason and I? Um, or was it uh, Richard and you? Oh, maybe. Oh, you're right. It yeah. was. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, not, but um, no, because I did a uh, presentation on it for uh, Kevin Geeks Out in New York. So I did was, you really? I did. I was part of the Shark Emily, Show. Why didn't you tell me? I don't know. I was on Facebook. Oh, that's right. You're not on Facebook anymore. Barely. That's so yeah. exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. It was pretty cool. Uh, you really doing it. Yeah, got to talk about sharks and the use of the shark in the Nutcracker 3D. And if you're thinking, why is there a shark in the Nutcracker 3D? The answer never, is exactly that there be. is. Um, um, spoiler alert for what we're going to be talking about today. I don't think I finished the Nutcracker 3D or I couldn't. <laughs> sit through it. There's a movie tonight that I also couldn't sit through. Oh, boy. Oh, I'm fascinated. Oh, this is going to be intense, because I... It is. Hmm, okay. Interesting. It is going to be intense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm pretty sure at this point in life that um, nobody has Googled the Nutcracker 3D more than I have. I have invested a lot of time and energy she, in that movie. She really has. I really have. Uh, and again, I, I've i made you watch it. I've made many people watch it. Mm-hmm. And I will continue to do that until the day I die. By being executed right. along with a shark by John DeGiro. I forgive you. Thank you. All right. So those were my movies. Now we've got two Lori Petty movies. One made in the 90s. One made in, two, in the 2000s. One is, but one is, here's where it gets confusing. One is set in the past and one is set in the future. So what chronology yep. do we do? Do we go with the one that was set first or the one that was made first? Set first. Okay. So we're going to come I back. I really had to think about that for some I really was worried that you weren't going to give me an answer and I had no way of, <laughs> of deciding. No, uh, I was really thinking. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break, come back and talk about the poker house. I want to hold them like they do in Texas, please. Fold them, let them hit me, raise it. Baby, stay with me. Love the game, intuition, play the cards with spades to start. And after he's been hooked, I'll play the one that's on his heart. Show him what I got. Oh, 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 oh. 
Directed by Lori Petty, based on her life, uh, co-written by her and David Allen Greer. Yep. Yeah. Well, he Zach has a theory on this. Ooh. Okay. Did you Google any more about that? Uh, I read an interview or two where I think like there for her. My understanding was her and David Allen Greer are friends. Yeah. And like she was somehow they were talking and she was telling him about like her life story and he was like, "Whoa, that's a movie right there." Isn't that weird? I mean, yes and no, because if I was like, I don't know, let's say like you and I were taught, we're hanging one day, and I was, and somehow, I don't know, we saw a prostitute walk by, and you were like, I think that's a prostitute, and I'm like, oh yeah, it totally is, and you were like, how do you know? I'm like, oh, because I grew up in a house of prostitution. You'd probably then say, tell me more, and I would tell you more, and then you'd probably be like, you know, that would make a good movie. You don't yeah, see that I conversation think, happening think, between us? I think the fact that... Well, between us, yes. But I think the fact that they're friends is what I found surprising. I mean, it's... I don't know where they met. Like, I'm trying yeah, to think it was, if they were ever in the It was just interesting to me. Yeah. The kind of thing that I was so excited when I learned that. I'm like, I really like to imagine the two of them hanging out. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, picture the two of them going to Applebee's and splitting quesadillas. I, it makes me Ugh, I don't like to think about that. Because, oh, right, right. Okay, picture them going to... TGI Fridays and splitting, oh, that's, uh, might, uh, might be worse. I don't know how to please you. Sharing a nice piece of cake. Is it somebody's birthday? Where they yes. go? Okay, fine. Cheesecake or yes, all right, that that works. Uh, so the Poker House. Why don't you give the fine people at home a little rundown of this movie? So this is a day in the life mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so our protagonist, played by Jennifer Lawrence, is apparently Lori Petty. Oh God, yeah. So basically, what happens is her mom is Selma Blair, and she's a prostitute, and she's the worst, and her life is the worst, and everything is the worst, except black people. Black people are great. Well, not except all, of them. but they're not. Oh come, come on! Now. There were some time, pretty shitty black people in this movie. Most of the time, they're great. And then David Allen Greer's in it, and he's funny. And then other than that, it is almost unwatchable. <gasps> really? It... I couldn't stand it. Oh, man. I, um... I'm in the middle on it. I had problems with it. Yeah, I mean... And there were... For me, it was basically... I realized it towards the end, in a very particular scene, when it's kind of the big... Selma Blair is kind of, um... Big, like speech her monologue yes i was like yeah. Ew. i'm like here's what here's what i what i felt because then the movie kept going by the end of it i'm like you know the little moments and the, the lighter moments i really enjoyed i enjoyed the sister interaction i enjoyed um kind of like jennifer lawrence essentially playing Lori petty uh interacting with all the people that clearly she interacts with on a daily basis and everybody and she's like fun and zany and kind of exactly what i picture Lori petty being 
I was I was cool with that. I liked those moments. The moments I didn't like were the I'm going to now give my speech about how hard my life has been. Mm-hmm. And for me, what I felt was, and this is Laurie Petty's first film as a director. It kind of felt to me like, well, she, I think she has, she has talent. She has skills. Maybe not go for the absolute hardest. I've just been raped and I'm yelling at my mother. Who's a prostitute scene in your first movie Mm -hmm. because that's where when that doesn't work it really hurts whereas if a lighter thing doesn't work it's not as serious i guess Mm -hmm. um so this movie works when it does work because jennifer lawrence is in it and she's phenomenal she's so good Um, yeah she is infinitely watchable yep she's charismatic she's likable she makes even the clunkiest Mm -hmm. silliest um meanest yet tritest dialogue it it, it, I this movie was so hard and sad in in like mean in spots because I get that's what the movie was about but also seemed really puffy and unimportant Hmm. and I didn't I didn't understand I couldn't balance there was a triteness to a lot of what was happening or the way it was presented and and that I just was like, I felt like really disconnected. It kept me from actually caring. But then you have Chloe Grace, mm-hmm. who's in it. Phenomenal. Yeah, so good. Always so, like one of those kids that, like, I remember when I, I think I remember it was Kiss, Kick Ass, and then something else. I'm yeah. like, she's going to be Jodie Foster. Like, she's going to be that kid that started as a child actor, but was so much better than every child actor you've ever seen. She's so good. Yeah, and she's great in this. And she's really young, but she's great. Yeah. And and I I don't know like so you have these two like the scene with her and David Allen Greer in the bar was great but I think it's because it was her being adorable right and, and David, David Allen Greer, Greer playing off of it and having and, a good time and and occasion I mean you watch Jennifer like you can't take your eyes off Jennifer Lawrence yeah, she's so good and you, but like everything else in between is like. Ugh. And and I get what you're saying. It's like a slice of life. Like this is right. And the slices were good. It was when it was like, oh, now we're gonna have a big piece. Was like, oh, you're not ready for that big piece yet. That's a yes. That's very apt way to put it. But also there was a there is a nature to the slicing of like no one talks like that. No one interacts like that. Like I don't just I I might deal with you every day, but I don't just blow in and be like, hey, where's my check? Everybody's throwing stuff. I'm gonna steal it. Like it was just there was just something really. There was a silliness to it that wasn't yeah. realistic. So was this not supposed to be realistic? No, I see. My theory is again. I think having seen Laurie Petty in many films now, mm-hmm. uh, and having seen interviews with her and read interviews with her, I'm pretty convinced that that is exactly what Laurie Petty was like when she was 14. That yeah. she was that, you know, and you, you when you think of like, okay, what does it take to be a Hollywood actor? You know, obviously you have to be good looking enough. You have to be talented enough-ish and so on. But you also have to have uh, that, both that spark and that motivation where you are willing to go in front of an audition and give everything of yourself and try to win over a room. And I mm. feel like... You know, most actors have that anyway. And Lori Petty, who seems to have always been to me 
somebody that was very over the top and very uh, extroverted and would she would be that person that you know you're looking at you know, okay who's next on the list Lori Petty she comes in and she I could picture her stealing the hat off the camera guy and doing a dance and doing all that so I really felt like that's probably what Lori Petty was like when she was 14 and I think also uh, Jennifer Lawrence channels Lori Petty so well yeah it really no, did. It, the way she was speaking, you can tell the way she was yep. moving yeah she was definitely on set with Lori Petty being like okay I'm playing you right okay I got it so as weird as it was because I because my issue also was and I'm fine with I didn't need a giant backstory and when it tries to do that is another place where it fails when it gives the oh this is what happened to my dad and they do it as like and now we're gonna stylistically make it into yeah. a grainy family film it's silly and it doesn't click because it doesn't fit the rest of the movie but at the same time I was it was confusing to understand okay so there is she in school is she not in school oh they said school's closed today oh but there's a basketball game wait is she going to the basketball game like it it's not you know it it doesn't need to spell out for you so Agnes is a high school sophomore and she's on the basketball team I didn't need all that, especially when this movie has narration, so it's not like I needed her to introduce herself and say, my name is Agnes, I'm 14, and blah, blah, blah. But it was distracting to try to constantly figure out, wait, is she, I don't understand, does she go to school? Does she work as a reporter? What is, they talk about her being in the paper. Was she in the paper for reporting or for basketball? Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's not, it's, it's messy, it, yes, I feel, felt exactly the same way, and I think that you said it a little bit more eloquently and nicer than I would have. Oh, well. But I, that's I'm exactly. And nice. You are. That's exactly how I felt. Like, it It was. I know that you really like those one crazy night type I do. setups. And I, I mean, when it works, it works. But this didn't feel like a day. I lost track of what time it was a couple times. Yeah. Because it felt like too much was smushed in there, which could have just been overly ambitious and a need to tell. Okay, I think I just nailed it. There's this need to tell a really play-by-play literal story when I could have gotten a feel for what your life was like and how it affected you without you yelling it into my face. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess that's what it was. Yeah, I mean, even like if they had time-stamped it, you know, mm-hmm. like that would have helped things and i don't normally need that probably right yeah and also that there was another very simple thing it could have done is from the very beginning and throughout established we have a championship basketball game tonight at eight i have to be there Mm -hmm. it does that here and there it throws it in there but because it takes so long to do that and it's still it's just confusing so that it's never driving to that Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I, think it would have helped to have done that. It would have helped for us to have seen a clock or, you know, when the kind of the party starts, let's say, at the poker house. And I'm thinking, wait, she does have a basketball game to get to, right? Yep. But I think it just could have structured itself in a way where it just simplified it. And again, it's, for a first-time writer-director, I think it would have helped so much for her to kind of have said i'm gonna get here okay basketball game is the end goal of end point of this movie so Mm -hmm. i need to make sure i establish that 
But the little things, again, like when they're the sisters are just being sisters. I liked. I like the way they talk to each other. Um, uh, I know I liked the way uh, Agnes talks to her mother's like prostitute friends. Like it felt real believable. I also thought the uh, the relationship stuff with the pimp, aka the bad black person. Uh, yes, I thought that was done really well because it was un- unsettling. I didn't fully understand it at first, which I think was kind of okay. Uh, and it, so it almost made sense in not making sense with how it built, I guess. The problem I had then was the confrontation with a gun. Let's just say that much. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, it's a very heavy part of the film. And I, I guess it was important to have it in the film. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't know if it was. It was in the way of, well, th- this was probably the reason why Lori Petty wanted to make this film, was she wanted to tell the story of this is this awful thing that happened to her when she was 14 and how she's she overcame it, and which is great. And I think this movie does it. I mean, I, you're, I know for you, I guess it was miserable, but I feel like it ends on a hopeful... <laughs> you know, I think the message is... You're strong, you can overcome this, you know, you have it in you. And I think it's meant to be that. And I would I would imagine, I, this. you know, I read an interview where Laurie Petty said this, and I believe it, many women came up to her at the end of this movie and said, thank you, you know, this reminds me of my story, or I really appreciate the way you've told the story, or so on. Uh, doesn't make it a great film, but... Yeah, I think there was... It's not the story that I have a problem with. Like, I think it is the, the tonal weirdness. Like, what were you trying mm-hmm. to... But I was out before the ending. I think we shut this off with maybe 40 minutes left, and I ended up, like, listening to it at work at the end of it, <laughs> just, to, just to finish it. Because I, I never wanted to go back to it. Interesting. Um, it did yeah. make me, I had Ain't No Mountain High Enough, like, stuck in my head for three days. I mean, that was, and that was cute. And that was so cute. They're cute. Yeah, it's the three girls are in the car singing along to the car, and it's this scene, like, that I think also really left the movie for me on a higher note, uh, no pun intended, because <laughs> it really does end on this scene where you see these three actresses who are so good, and who... Uh, do this song so perfectly together where you really mm-hmm. feel like they're sisters that they've, you know, that they do this all the time. There's a moment where the, they're, they're playing it on a tape where the tape like breaks and like they just all stop and the car slows down. And like I felt the moment of like, oh, and then it gets back and they all just jump right back in and it's like, fuck yeah. Um, and I, I really loved that. There were things about this that I really liked. Uh, but there were a lot of things that I really didn't. Mm-hmm. And it, so it made it a very, you know, kind of up and down film for me. Um, yeah, and certainly not the most uh, uplifting. Well, again, I think it is uplifting. Not the most um, uh, fun for the whole family movies, if you will. Well, it, it didn't bum me out or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, it just... I don't know. There was, there was, it was, maybe it was a bit melodramatic for me. I'm trying to put my finger on why it didn't work for me without 
being rude because here's the thing it was a lot better than some movies that I come across. <laughs> so Lori Petty should get a lot of fucking credit for that. Sure. She she wrote and directed a movie and it wasn't like a garbage fire. <laughs> it, it, Put that it, in the DVD box. I mean, so th- fa- good for her. Fantastic. And I think f- f- fast forward a couple minutes and I'll be singing her praises. Um, I just, I, and maybe you need a little bit more distance Maybe yeah. she should have directed and not written, or written and not directed, mm-hmm. to give it a little bit more clarity. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, I think, like, again, we're, we're talking around it, or I'm talking around it, but spoil, minor spoiler alert, um, Jennifer Lawrence's character gets raped in this movie. And mm-hmm. it, I think the scene itself is actually handled really well. Um... And but there's something so heavy about that uh, that in a movie that isn't necessarily strong enough to really deal with that, you know, it maybe doesn't really support it the way it could and should. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder if this movie was if you took that out. If you took the scene with Selma Blair and the monologue and the cigarette and all that out and just told more of the story, we're, I mean, not to, it's hard not to because it's a similar time period and similar character, but you compare this to Winter's Bone, plain and simple, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which is, I mean, one of my favorite movies. I think it's brilliant and similar. And it, it's hard to not think of it just because, again, Jennifer Lawrence plays a character who is... Uh, poor, who has a mother that's no use and a father that's gone and is taking care of her younger siblings. Uh, but you think about, one of the things about, about that movie is there's danger and there's heaviness, but you don't need it to go, you know, you don't need a scene where she's almost killed or a scene where she's raped to give all that weight. Yeah. And if you were to take this movie and maybe take out the really heavy, heavy thing that is there because it's probably the reason Lori Petty made the movie. But if you looked at it and said, you know what, what if we just keep it light and keep it as a day in the life of these girls that were dealt a poor hand, if you will. I am punning it up today, aren't I? Yeah, oh, you're right. Get it, get it, it, get it. Um, they were dealt a bad hand, pun. Uh, but this is about how they make the best of it. And you let Lori Petty and David Allen Greer bring in that tone and then Jennifer Lawrence storming into a small town newspaper and just being zany works because it's in this context of, yeah, you know, this is kind of a light story about, you know, these kids who are kind of overcoming what they have with humor and with moxie and talent and hard work and all that. Uh, You know, maybe that was the way I guess I would have liked it to go. Mm Mm-hmm. I totally understand it not going that way. I totally understand, you know, and it's very telling in the very end of this film, you get a credit that basically says, you know, Agnes, uh, you know, grew up and turned out okay and went on to to make this movie, which is, you know, like, I am sure that was a moment for Lori Petty that must have felt so fucking good to do. Yes. Clearly she needed to tell the story. And for that, I say, fantastic. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It just, yeah, just in a bit of a better way. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I think what else? Apparently Jennifer Lawrence had to, like, had to have a stunt double for some of the basketball stuff. Oh, adorable. She's really bad at basketball. She's like, I just can't do it. I'm trying. But guys, I can't. So they had, like, somebody else do the basketball scenes. It's really funny. Yeah. I love Jennifer Lawrence. And I know people I are she's... like, oh, no, she's, oh, fuck you all. You just don't like her because she got popular. Yeah, she's really great in this, yeah. too. Yeah, she really is. Uh, it's, you know, it's it's a good cast. Um, you know, Selma Blair, I, credit to her for trying something new, but I don't think this was, yeah. her, was her best moment. No. Uh, the, I don't think if I had much else. Um... Yeah, my notes are basically, I like the sisters, less mom, more sisters. Selma Blair is dot, 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 not doing much, I think I wrote. I don't know. Uh, Oh, the narration. Uh, This is kind of sporadically narrated. Yes, it is. Uh, How did you feel about it? Um, I think it was unnecessary, Mm -hmm. but... And it's that, again, that over-emoting over right. of the whole story was just too much. Mm-hmm. And and look, especially when it's such a personal story, this is clearly the way that she felt she needed to tell it. I prefer a little bit more subtlety. So when you have something that's screaming in your face the yeah. whole time, and then you lay narration on top of it, it's a little much for me. Mm-hmm. I thought Jennifer Lawrence did a good job with it because you could really hear her kind of doing Lori Petty at that point. Right. Yeah, for me, I think, and I'd agree, I think it works because Jennifer Lawrence is so good at delivering it. Because mm-hmm. uh, I didn't mind it, and nor a lot of times I do, but for me it made sense because I'm like, she's a 14-year-old girl and she writes in her journal. Yeah, it would make sense that this is what she would write about, and she is narrating the poetry she wrote when she was fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I totally, you know, it was the kind of thing I would understand somebody having a problem with it. Uh, not necessarily necessary to have in there, but for yeah. me, it totally clicked as, and it was kind of almost a reminder because even though Jennifer Lawrence was probably like sixteen when she made this, she looks older, uh, mm-hmm. and it was a nice like, no, 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 she really is fourteen. And I think that helped because it was like, yeah, I would have written shit like that when I was 14. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Do you have much more to say about... I, I don't think I have anything else to say. Um, the other thing I really liked, too, was the uh, Chloe Moretz, her kind of relationship with her friend's dad. Yes, it was cute, and I was so glad it didn't take a dark right, turn. Right, So she sleeps over her friends, and I was like, like "Oh God, no, don't do it!" I know, me too. I was so worried about this. Her friend's dad is like going to drive her home, and like immediately they like just start like chatting and joking, and it's clear that they have a rapport together, that they spend a lot of time together, and it's really cute. And of course, my instinct too is like, "Oh my fucking god, is he molesting her?" But yeah. no, he's just a nice guy who sees that this little girl doesn't get attention at home. So he, you know, he stops at the diner and lets her drink cherry Coke. Like, it's it's a really, like, sweet thing. And I liked that. I liked the idea that this town... Uh, and again, this is another case where I think, like, oh, that was something that they could have done more of in the, in the movie. 
is that they establish it's a fairly small town. You know, everybody knows Agnes because she's a star basketball player. Um, and yet everybody also knows, oh, yeah, and she lives in the, the whorehouse. They, she, that's mm-hmm. the family that lives in the poker house. And yet nobody seems to judge them for it. Yeah. And it would have been very easy to have that, to have the townspeople, like, r- like you know, kind of uh, ro- roll their eyes or mm-hmm. uh, hide their pocketbooks when these girls walked by. But they don't. It's just kind of like, oh, no, that's that's just how things are here. Uh, the same with the middle daughter when she's collecting bottles and kind of walking around. You know, people are nice to her and homeless people are nice to her. And it's not yeah. it's not unbelievable, but it's not mean. And like the, you know, the guy who runs the grocery store where he gives uh, the middle daughter money for the bottles, he's really nice to her, you know? Mm-hmm. And I like that. And so I think there were there were good intentions here. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah. I get Flawed. that. Now, shall we rate it? Uh, yes. Okay. Um quality of film. <laughs> you knew I was going to ask it, right? I know. No, okay. this is the first Sometimes time. pretend that I didn't quality tell of you film. I was going to ask Look, I'm going to I'm going to go 6.5 because of the performances. Yeah, I was going to go right around there. I'll go 6.75. I feel like this I mean, it is it it's really well acted. And I mean that that mm-hmm. credit also goes to Lori Petty cuz you know, you have to get a performance from an actor. Um, but it really, it really is. Those girls are so good. Um, quality of life. Life, Christine. I'll go. I'll go first. 5.25. Um, I'll go, yeah, I'll go six, I think. Um, yeah, I'm glad this exists. I, I'd like to see Lori Petty do more. I'd like to see her always do more. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like I'm not gonna watch this again. Um, I'm glad I watched it. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's not a feel good, fun ride for the whole family. All right, yeah. so that is the Poker House. It is streaming on Amazon Prime. If you so have that it service. is. Uh, so we are gonna take a quick break and come back and discuss 1990 something something fives Tank Girl. Stop me, 
know, I know you must follow the sun wherever it leads. But remember, if you should fall short of your desires, just remember life holds for you one guarantee. You'll always have me. And if you should miss my loving one of these old days, if you should ever miss the arms that used to hold you so close, or the lips that used to touch yours so tenderly, just remember what I told you the day I set you free. So now we travel back in time to 1995, but forward into the future of 2033. Mind blown yet? <laughs> now, I've never seen Tank Girl. I don't know. I made a machine gun What was noise. that? Was that, like a, was that your ripper noise? That was my machine gun noise. Oh, I don't know good. what it was. That's good. Uh, you had never seen Tank Girl either. Is that correct? Correct. Wow. And that surprises me. Um... This has become very much a cult film. Uh, yes. Did not do well when it came out. It was, I believe, a twenty-five million dollar budget, and it made about four million. Infamously panned, uh, became a butt of jokes, and apparently, many of the actors on it have been interviewed about it, and generally avoid those interviews. Uh, but we stand here today to evaluate Tank Girl twenty-one years after its theatrical debut Mm -hmm. so christine why don't you first tell the people the plot of tank girl it's a post-apocalyptic future Mm -hmm. and there's no water Mm -hmm. um well malcolm mcdowell has the water well yeah they're hiding the water Mm -hmm. i guess which i didn't really understand because it's not raining anymore so where is all that water from? Well, they, they also suck water out of people when they kill them, which, which I thought was pretty cool. Sense. Didn't make sense to me. Oh, I That's, thought it was awesome. It, I mean, it wasn't not awesome. I just didn't understand <laughs> the okay. logistics of that. Um, this movie is about the post-apocalypse and water and needing water mm-hmm. and going to get water and killing lots of people and Lori Petty being Tank Girl she does get a tank a little bit. It doesn't she doesn't start with the tank. She becomes Tank Girl. She teams up with Jet Girl, played by Naomi Watts. Yes. She this is an origin story. Um which I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. But this is an origin story. It is a very simplistic story. It reminded me of Super Mario Brothers. I don't know why, but it did. That's fair. Um, Except I'm just going to come out and say it Unlike Super Mario Brothers the movie Which I've seen more times than I should admit um, This is actually Really fun and awesome Yeah I like this movie Yay I'm glad you did It was was very enjoyable Um, Was it perfect? No Mm -hmm. Were there things about it that maybe I wasn't wild about? Sure But it it was It felt like a 90's movie not in a bad way Mm -hmm. Like it felt of it's time but also kind of ahead of its time in a lot oh, of yeah. ways. Well, it's, um, it's It a, felt like Scott Pilgrim a couple times. Oh, I could see like, that. Like, way before Scott Pilgrim was Scott Pilgrim. And I, I was like, wait a second. That's something that would happen in that movie. Um, so, yeah, this movie was... Real, uh, talk about ahead of its time. This Yes, absolutely. Very this. much. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 
it yeah because it's very um it's very sex positive yeah it's incredibly feminist Mm-hmm. And we should say this is directed by a female. This is directed by yes. Rachel Talalay. Uh I put on Facebook a really interesting interview with her from Entertainment Weekly. Uh, so Rachel Talalay, uh started her career working with John Waters, which mm-hmm. is not surprising. Uh, her other big film of note was a little something called Nightmare on Elm Street Part 6, Freddy's mm-hmm. Dead. Now, where do you stand on that one? Which one's Freddy's Dead? Uh, it is the one with Lisa Zane, Billy Zane's sister, and she run. Uh, it's also the one with the video game death and Johnny okay. Depp and the ear, yeah. the ear yep, death, yep, yep. the hearing aid death. It's the one that's okay. in three D at the very end. I'm okay with that one. It's um, yeah. I when I do like my rankings on the nightmare movies, it always falls somewhere in the middle for me. Because I think it's a really flawed film, but I really like that it's not boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the it is the campy one, but it it's almost like it wasn't allowed to be that campy. And again, it makes sense with Rachel Talalay, who worked with John Waters. That and you and you look at this movie; she clearly has a sensibility for very campy, over the top everything mm-hmm. and i think nightmare six has a lot of that like you have that like roseanne and tom arnold cameo and i think if the movie was allowed to just go off the rails and be that movie i think it would have been really memorable um but it still had to be a freddy movie so it's that mix of tones it doesn't really work overall yeah uh, but so with this you get you know ship. And I know this, a lot of it was taken away from her in the editing process. This was a kind of studio's nightmare because they, you know, they put $25 million into this movie. They let a woman direct it and it mm-hmm. came back and they said, oh my God, what did we do? We have a, our protagonist is a woman with a shaved head and she has a dildo collection. And we have to cut that scene because we can't show that she has a dildo collection. Like, they actually had to edit around some of the original visual choices they made because, whoa, we can't show the fact that she just had sex with a creature that isn't fully human. Mm-hmm. Weird. Uh, yeah. Production design. Did you catch who did the production design? I don't think I did. Catherine Hardwick. Oh, I did, I did, I did, yeah. I did, I did. I remember seeing her name. I couldn't remember what it was for, though. Yes. Weird, right? Uh, I mean, yes and no. Catherine Hardwick, which most people will know as the Twilight. director of the first Twilight film. Yeah. Uh, who I think, and 13, which actually I, I like 13. I, Catherine Hardwick isn't a great director, but she has a great eye. And even me, who thinks Twilight, the first Twilight movie, is garbage, I can, can very easily say, but man, does it look good, and does it have visual choices that that were very well thought out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, the visuals of this movie are pretty bonkers and pretty fun. Yeah, absolutely. It looks great. Mm-hmm. It does It does a lot of stuff where there's comic panels, because this is based on a comic, we should say, uh, mm-hmm. where it will do comic panels to kind of both support the action and perhaps uh, enhance it. Like, I think at times there were scenes that they didn't film or shots they didn't get where they're like, eh, we'll just do a... We'll have the comic go by to show what's happening there. And it, it works. There were times for me where it was it was a little much. Fair. Um, but for the most part, I had a smile on my face yeah, every time. Me too. Me too. Yeah, I mean, this is a movie... I, and I say this about... Um, 
What are the other movies I say this about? Oh, Repo the Genetic Opera. I say this all the time. I will accept anybody telling me that they hate that movie, but fuck you if you say that it's a terrible movie. Because you're just saying that because it's not your kind of movie. But look at the visuals in that movie and try to tell me that that is not a perfect-looking movie for what it's trying to do. And it's the same with this movie. I totally get it if somebody's like, oh, Tank Girl, I hate that movie. I get it. It's cool. Not for you. But don't tell me it's terrible because it's it knows what it was doing and it was having fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the did you, oh, How excited were you when Jeff Cobra's name showed up in the credits? Um, mildly? What? I guess there's a theory now that you're just going through IMDb's linking no, movies together. No, here's the theory for us. What happens is we tend to uh, subconsciously pick movies with the same actor without realizing. Like, he's become like the James Legro of, of this era of the feminine critique. So funny. Like, it, it's been like episodes since we've done a James Legro movie. But Jeff Cobra kind of looks like James Legro, actually. But remember, we had like two movies in a row with Amber Heard and we weren't even thinking about it. Like, mm-hmm. Jeff Cobra is in the first power. All, I, I'm not thinking about that, but all of a sudden, there he is as a kangaroo man in Tank Girl having sex with Lori Petty. Very fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, with the Rippers, as they are known, uh, were created by Stan Winston. They look so good. They're awesome. And apparently Stan Winston, based, like, they wanted Stan Winston's house to do it, but realized, like, oh, there's no way we can afford it. But they're like, let's try. Let's just ask. And basically Stan Winston's like, oh, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do a fucking great job, and I'm only going to charge you half of my normal rate because I really want to make them good. Like, he basically gave them a price cut just because he was so into it. Um, I mean, they look phenomenal. They do. They re- and what's really cool about it is that they're obviously wearing a lot of prosthetics, but mm-hmm. yet you can identify every actor underneath them. And yeah, not just sure. by their voices, of which most of the actors who are rippers do have very distinct voices, but they get to do things with their face. And yeah. that's something that when you look at like the Planet of the Apes movies or a lot of other movies that involve a lot of prosthetics, you don't, the actor doesn't get to shine through and the actors really shine through in that. Yep. Zach said, ironically, I think this is the most I've ever seen ice tea emote. <laughs> I'd believe that. Also, and it's really fun if you watch it and pretend that his character was Odafin and yeah, that he was turned into a ripper, right? Right? Because he's like, I used to be a cop. You're like, yes, I know. And he I worked like, in SVU. Wait a second. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, the other guy who plays one of the um, uh, ri- uh, rippers, Reg E. Kathy. Reg mm-hmm. E. Kathy. I'm sure I'm saying his name wrong. But this is an actor that I see in everything, and I never knew his name. Uh, he's in. He was on The Wire, is like the first thing you know him from. But he's been in every HBO show ever. And apparently, um, he... Okay, from IMDb, he was a fan of the Tank Girl comic... Uh, he wanted to play a different character that isn't actually in the movie, but so he ended up being the character that plays the saxophone because mm-hmm. he brought his own saxophone to the audition. That's which is fucking amazing. badass. I love the idea that he's like, I got, I got an idea, and he's great. And their religion, the way they pray, is they have a dance party. Yeah, it's really cool. It's it's see, it's cohesive. The thing about this movie is that it's. It's fine, it's zany, it's goofy, maybe it doesn't always make sense, but it is 
consistent. Yes. And it creates a universe where you're like, all right, so if you can't get on board with it, fine. Right, I get it. But but it, it like kind of like you what you were saying about Repo, mm-hmm. it it's doing something. Right. And it's not doing it because it doesn't know how to do something else it's or because it's doing it because bad. it wants to do it this way. It is exactly what it wants to be yeah. all the time and I, I appreciate that. Oh yeah. And I mean look at Lori Petty in this. I mean she she just gives She it. was so good in it. She's fantastic in this. She's so fun. She is so it is a very um what's the word I'm looking for? Because I don't want to say it wrong and say like, oh, it's a brave performance. Like, no, it's not it's like, oh, she's not afraid to look ugly. She's not afraid to do this. Like, no, I, I just mean like, yeah, it's it's fearless in that she's just going for it. She's committed to it. Yeah. Yeah. And so committed to this weird character that is unlike anything else you've seen. I mean, she is sarcastic, and she's sexy, and she's badass, and mm-hmm. she's also occasionally stupid and selfish. Like, yeah. she makes a lot of really dumb decisions in this movie, and it's not like, you know, characters just excuse it. It's like, no, 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 you can't do that. You just fucked this up really badly. Mm-hmm. And it works out well, because it's still a comic book universe, but I love that she is so flawed. It makes it fun. She is not perfect. She is not this, like, dream girl comic book, uh, you know, creature that's made for men. And that's the other thing. This is not a movie made for men. And, mm-hmm. you know, much has been written about this, and I'm, you know, I don't need, I'm not an expert on it anyway, but it, this is a movie, you know, directed by a, by a woman, and it feels like that in a good way. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like this is a movie that is not catering to the male gaze and isn't about, you know, Lori Petty wears short skirts because that character wants to. Yeah. You know, it doesn't ever feel like the costume designers looked at her and said, oh, you know, if we pull up the skirt a little bit, you know, this will be good. Like, no, it just feels like it's not that calculated. It's believable that this this is what this character does with herself. Yeah. That's what she would wear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Malcolm McDowell apparently enjoyed himself on the film and speaks highly about it. It but, seems like he did. Yeah, which is very nice. He was he was fun to watch. He was. And, I mean, he's playing the villain. Like, you know, you cast Malcolm McDowell as your villain and you let him be a motherfucking villain. Mm-hmm. And he's a bad dude in this. And it's great. Um, the... Say I won. Petty's. Oh, there's like, and I, I laughed out loud a few times in this. And most of it was like one liners by Lori Petty. Uh, there's a great scene where Malcolm McDowell um, is, is tr- basically trying to beat her down and saying, like, admit it, I won. He's like, say I won. And Lori Petty does her best Malcolm McDowell impression and says, I won. It's really funny. It is really funny. I laughed out loud a few times. Good. Um, it, it, like, even if it's not your type of humor, you have to appreciate the commitment yeah. to it. And and there were some parts where I'm like, oh, Lori Petty. But I'm like, nah, it's funny and cute. And, yeah. and cons- it's, consistent, it's consistent. And I love loved how her hair kept changing. Yeah. And it was it was frenetic and, and 
fast and mm-hmm. I, I, I there were a couple times where I was just like smiling for no reason me too and you have so Naomi Watts is kind of the straight man in it yeah and even her character is actually when you kind of step back you're like that that's a, they do really cool things with her because mm-hmm. she plays this sort of mousy engineer and in the beginning she's sort of like constantly afraid of being raped by the evil sergeant essentially yeah uh and you know she's kind of standing up for herself but to a limit and she even says to Lori petty uh you know you just you stay under the radar and they forget you're there like that's the way she survives and slowly in the film you start to realize like she's become a badass but the film doesn't like have to harp on it it's just like little by little she's like looking a little different she's a little more um a little bouncier she's a little braver so by the end when she gets a big moment you realize like and i didn't even realize like realize it at first i i kind of caught it when i was looking up some things about it she walks in and she looks different she's wearing lipstick but she's not like sexed up she just looks as if she decided you know what i'm gonna have fun with the way i look too mm-hmm. she's wearing a motherfucking cod piece yes in the scene where she <laughs> oh, serves up funny. the man that has been sexually harassing her she is yeah. wearing a cod piece and how brilliant is that uh yeah it's i mean again it's this movie was i can't imagine how this movie was ever going to be a huge hit yeah um but what was funny was I started, after reading the interview, which you should read, uh, like many, and this is such a like sad thing to keep repeating, but how is it that every time I read an interview with a female director who made a film that didn't do well, th- she always has to talk about how, yeah, and afterwards I really couldn't get another film. I could do TV, but I wasn't offered film. Um, you know, because we, when we were talking back about um, Karen Kusama... Have the mm-hmm. same thing happen. Aeon fucks flop, so therefore, oh, nobody's going to give her a movie for 10 years. Uh, I started, I got curious. And I started, I went to uh, Wikipedia to look up, like, the biggest film flops. Yeah. Because I wanted to see, I'm like, is it true for men? Right? Rachel Talley directed this. It flopped. She really didn't do another feature for a while. Clearly it absolutely is not anything. Fuck no. No. Look at Rennie Harlan makes um, Cutthroat Island, and it's Gina mm-hmm. Davis's fault somehow. That's how the world takes it. Um, John McTiernan makes... um, This is so funny. Those are the two that Zach never shuts up about. Because McTiernan, obviously... Well, and both of them make movies that I love. For sure, but they've also made terrible movies. Well, they've made not even terrible movies, which they have, but they have made... (laughs) Both of them have, to their credit, two of the biggest money losers of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, John McTiernan did Last Action Hero, which was a huge flop. Not a bad movie, just a huge commercial failure. And then he comes back, and and he's given Thomas Crown... Oh, not Thomas Crown Affair. He comes back with Die Hard 3, admittedly a great movie, and then he makes The 13th Warrior, which is, I think, up there in, like, number three as the biggest money loser of all time. Mm -hmm. The next movie he makes, The Thomas Crown Affair. Equally big budget. It's not. Movie. The, it's not the same. It's not the same. Exactly. It's, it's not because then. Then I know this is a little off. Off. In the other direction, but but not really. Why can't we have a female-led superhero movie? Well, right. because of Catwoman. Oh yeah, and so, and but, I mean Halle Berry couldn't do it, so therefore 
you know, but, we're not going to do it. It's what? always the fault of, it's never consistent with whose fault it is. Yeah. Who directed Catwoman? I bet he's worked. No, I'm that's a good, that's this. a really good question. Let's see if my IMDb works fast enough. I was going to say I can grab my phone. Yeah. But it, it really, when you think about it, I, it it's very infuriating. It is. It's, there's no reason, like, this wasn't a bad movie. Yeah, by like, no means. In its construct. So, like, if it didn't do well, go, oh, maybe we went off in the wrong direction, or maybe we overestimated the appeal of blah, blah, blah. But it's not a poorly made movie. Yeah. So she should get to make other movies. Yep. And, again, like, every time you read, sadly, you read an interview with a female filmmaker, they they, they talk about it because they have to, because it... It's almost like you always have to defend yourself immediately to say, oh, you're going to ask me why have I only made these movies? Here's why. It's because when I made them, when she talks about with Nightmare on Elm Street, not in that interview, but I've heard her talk about it elsewhere, um, how she was apparently constantly told, like, every week from producers and higher-ups, oh, make sure it's not too sentimental. Make sure it's not too sentimental. Because, you know, she has a vagina, so it's going to be sentimental. And, you know, it's... It's awful. And she says in that interview, she talks about how, oh, she she has said, she has been told, oh, yeah, I didn't get hired for this job because I was told the crew doesn't like working with, with female directors. It's such bullshit. It continues to be bullshit. But mm. it's there. Well, the director of Catwoman didn't seem to. He didn't. He didn't go successful. But still. So, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Exception everyone. to the rule. We couldn't prove our thesis. But point being, um, it is still a problem. I think the world is finally addressing it as a problem, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel Talalay seems to be now actively working. She's done a lot of Sherlock and Doctor Who. Um, yeah, she's done Legends Tomorrow and Supergirl. She does all the DC yep. television shows. It's great. Yeah. Uh, I hope she does more films. Apparently she does have a few other films that I have not seen. And I'm curious to kind of check them out. Because I, I realize between the two, and knowing... That I've always described Nightmare 6 as being the kind of John Waters one, and now mm-hmm. knowing, oh yeah, it's because she worked with John Waters, it makes perfect sense, and it makes perfect sense for why I kind of really like her stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it, you know, she has a sensibility that I think comes out really well in this stuff, and I would have liked more of it. Um, but this is so, such a fun example of it. Uh, how did you feel about the musical number? Oh, I thought it was, it fit in. It did, right? And it was fine. And she's so cute and likable. That she's able to get an entire room full of people to do a good line. I had no problem with this Mm -hmm. move. Any aspect of it. And fun fact, the choreography was done by Adam Shinkman, who did Hairspray and has worked on, and the choreography for Once More With Feeling, uh, and who's done many a musical thing. It, it was good. I mean... It's very empowering. Like, it, I felt good being a woman watching it. Yeah. Because uh, it really does feel like this was made, you know, not to say it was made for women, because I know many men that enjoy it, that would enjoy it, but it really does feel like it was made with such a added um, enthusiasm for, yeah, we're, we're awesome and we're chicks. And mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah, I, I'm really glad I watched it because I, again, had just not avoided it. I just never thought to seek it out. And I, 
it's I understand all the adoration a lot of people have for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I'm glad I watched it. Mm-hmm. I'm bummed it took me that long, but it really very ahead of its time. Very much. Very good. Um, very conceptual in a great way. Holds up really well. As really far does. as the visuals, because it's. I mean, it's pretty much all practical. I think. I mean, I guess some of the sets may have been and a Malcolm McDowell's. Oh, I forgot I, that. Yeah, the Malcolm McDowell CGI is a little wonky, but um, it didn't look bad. And, no. and when I say it feels like a '90s movie, like '90s movies are some of my favorite movies. Yeah, so. they get a bad rap because we haven't reached the point where we can be nostalgic for them. <laughs> Yeah. Like in another 10 years, we're going to talk about them the way people talk about the 80s now. And we'll have a Stranger Things-esque show that's all about the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, I agree. I think this is does feel of its time, but yet is ahead of its time. Isn't that beautiful? It is. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, man. Yeah. Uh, apparently there was in the theatrical version, there's a scene where you can see um, Jeff Kober's prosthetic penis. Which That's was funny. made for like five thousand bucks by Stan Winston, and uh, they cut it by the, D- the time the DVD came out because they realized, oh my god, we're showing a prosthetic kangaroo man penis in our movie. <laughs> you know, silly, 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 right. silly. Uh, yeah, and this was rated R. This was never going to do well. Come on, people. Scott Pilgrim flopped. It did, you know. Uh, but yeah, I really urge people to watch it. If you haven't. Yeah, and if you haven't watched it in a while, revisit it. Oh, totally. Yeah, after especially this, if you didn't like it when you saw it 20, 20 years ago. After the glut of comic book movies. Like, yeah. This is a great kind of reminder of the other approach, right? We've had so many comic book movies of the last few years have been the big, broad, take it seriously. You can be tongue-in-cheek, but not about the action, not about the yeah. real thing. This is embracing the silliness and the lightness but creating a whole world around it and visually it is you know popping and fun and yeah mm-hmm. all right let's rate it where are we going with okay. it okay um quality of film first quality of film uh ooh. um i'm going 7.75 7.5 hey all right yeah. enjoyment of life I'm going eight seven five. Um, eight point five probably. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I enjoyed the hell out of this. Uh, I don't think this has like a big deluxe uh, DVD release. Well, I got the should. DVD from Netflix. It had nothing. It didn't even have subtitles or not English subtitles. Um, but man, this is screaming out for a Blu-ray special edition with commentary. I would love to hear Lori Petty's commentary. I would love to hear Rachel Talley's commentary. Uh, just it, it, This has found life. It definitely has, has now kind of, I think, society or like movie society accepts that this was mistreated when it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would really like to see it get that release and get that love and get that tribute. But it's fun. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So, good picks by me. I'm patting myself on the back. Hooray, you. Yay. Uh, Now, before we talk about the future, after the drought and everything, uh, why don't we talk about some streaming recommendations? Okay. Do you want me to go first? I'd like you to go first. So, I have a movie that is a recommend that 
I don't know if I liked or not. <laughs> but I want other people to watch it. And tell to them tell, if you liked it or not. To talk about it. Um, this is a movie that is newer. And it just came on Netflix recently. Uh-huh. And it is called Baskin. Baskin, like Baskin. I'm probably Robin? saying it wrong. Baskin, maybe. It's, oh. I think it's Turkish. So it's not about ice cream. It's B A S K I N. I think it's oh, Turkish. Maybe it is I can't. About ice cream. It's not. Oh, okay. The tagline is Five Cops Go to Hell. Is it a horror movie? Yes. Hmm. I think I liked it. But you don't know. That's my, that's my review. <laughs> will I, um, do you think um, I will think I liked it? I don't know. Huh. So it's... You pose an interesting challenge. It's Ms. not American. Um, it's... I think I liked it. It's weird. It's a weird movie and that's not... You know, I like things, so that's not a... a a minimal recommend like it's weird in a good way but it's definitely different definitely not what i expected um i feel like i'm overusing the word conceptual today but it's it's a bit conceptual Mm -hmm. it's um kind of like it got a groundhog day feeling to it okay but it's it's also dark and it's decidedly non-american it does not feel like an american hate america so no, not like that. I mean, I do too. But no, not like that. Like, it's it's would not... Would this movie stand up for the national anthem? Yes. Hmm, and then it would flip at the, flip at the bird. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I'm intrigued. But it's it's streaming, and it, it I guess it had a little bit of a buzz here because it played at um, a couple of the Alamos. And so I had known about it, but I didn't make it out to see it in the theater, and then... I was like, oh, it's streaming. So, like, I watched it the second it came on. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, oh, I think I liked that. Okay. You've you've intrigued me. I will try so, to watch it before we next record. Yeah. I w- I'm curious to see what you think. Yeah. Okay. What you got for me? Um, I have a film that's actually really pairs well with Tank Girl because it's also about a near future drought and how it affects the world. Um, my pick is a movie called The Last Survivors. It is streaming on Netflix. Netflix. Uh, and I kind of... It's a newer movie. It's a newer movie. I think it's 2015 or so. Oh, wow. Uh, I came upon it just, you know, seeing the things that are recommended for me. And I see anytime a movie is kind of about a post-apocalypse, I tend to add it to my queue. And I give it a few minutes to make sure it wasn't, like, filmed by a cat. And then I usually watch it. <laughs> uh, this one was not filmed by a cat. And I'm watching it. And I'm thinking, I'm like, I don't did not recognize anybody in the movie... But is it American? Looking, it is American, yes. And I'm thinking, this movie is perfectly shot. It is, you know, clearly it's not made with a huge budget, but it looks, it's not just that it looks good, it looks so right. Like, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be about, you know, the there's been a drought, so there's all these, like, barren farmlands, and, you know, the characters are scavengers, and the lead is this, like, teenage girl. And I'm looking at the way they've even dressed her, I'm like... You know, that's really smart, because her clothes are, are almost camouflage. And it, I'm just, I was really impressed by the visuals, and I, you know, I watch half of it, and I uh, ch- check up who made it. The guy who made it, uh, I think his name is Thomas Hammock, like the mm-hmm. thing that you relax in. Like, relax, yes, <laughs> a relaxing hammock. Uh, and it's his only directorial film, but he was a production designer on such films as The Guest, and You're Next, and... All the boys love Mandy Lane. 
which makes sense because the visual yeah. palette is very similar. Uh, and this this wasn't once I then I looked up a couple of people and realized, oh, okay, I've seen that actor before. That was the uncle from Napoleon Dynamite and so on. But so it's not names, um, but it's. It's solid. It's not amazing. Barbara Crampton has a very small role, so it's nice mm-hmm. to see her. That's exciting, isn't it? The it's just one of those movies that again, I was like, this is a smart movie because clearly this director his resources were were somewhat limited, but he knew how to make the most of them. He doesn't overreach. He keeps his story very grounded. You know the situation without him force feeding it to you. It does a lot without exposition. It's, uh, the lead actress is really good. It's really, um, I appreciate how he made this movie, the hero, this young teenage girl, and she's tough and she's smart, but she's not a superhero. Uh, and it's, again, this isn't a brilliant film. It's not going to change your life, but it's just really solid. And I appreciated a lot about it. Uh, and again, it felt like, especially having watched it, like, after Tank Girl, it was a very, like, yeah, chicks, you go, girls. You're going to be okay Mm -hmm. in the post-apocalypse. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's my pick. Uh, now, do you have any, uh, urging and cravings for what you want to cover on the next episode? I have no idea. Oh, boy. So we'll decide, and we will post it, of course, on the Facebook page. We have to decide. Yes, I feel like it's, you know, hey man, I can do it again, but it could, you know, next time I might pick a real musical. So, you know, you might want to pick a movie. I saw that hair just came on Amazon Prime. I'm going to have to think of... We're going to have to pick a movie. Oh, don't worry, I'll pick, I'll pick. All right, well, folks, it's been lovely. We, uh... Hope you didn't miss us too much in our hiatus. Uh, but you can always come to the Facebook page, just Facebook, the Feminine Critique. We're there, or I'm there. You're occasionally there, or you can go to Twitter, right at Para Xteen and yes. at Feminine Critique, Feminine Podcast, uh, where Christine is, but I'm not often. Point is, we're out there. You can't get rid of us. Um, I mean, unless you really want to. I suppose if you turned off your phone and stuff, you would, but you wouldn't want to do that. Would you? Would you? Okay. I guess we're getting creepy, so I'm going to say we should say goodnight. But that's why birds do it, bees do it, even educated fleas do it, let's do it. Let's fall in love In Spain the best upper sets do it Lithuanians and let's do it Let's do it Let's fall in love The Dutch in old Amsterdam do it Not to mention the Finns Folks in Siam do it Think of Siamese twins Some Argentines without means do it People say in Boston even beans do it Let's do it, let's fall in love Roman
romantic sponges, they say, do it. Oysters down in Oyster Bay, do it. Let's do it. Let's fall in love. Cold Cape Cod clams against their wish, do it. Eating lazy jellyfish, do it. Let's do it. Let's fall in love. Electric eels, I might add to it. Though it shocks them, I know. Why ask if Shad do it? Way to bring me Shad Row in shallow shoals. English souls do it. Goldfish in the privacy of balls do it. Let's do it. Let's fall in love. The dragon flies in the reeds do it. Sentimental centipedes do it. Let's do it. Let's fall in love. Mosquitoes, heaven forbid do it. So does every Katie did do it. Let's do it. Let's fall in love. The most refined lady bugs to him when a gentleman calls. Mossy or to him. What's the use of mob balls? Locusts in trees do it. 